Hello and welcome to the Field of Design podcast for your news, stories and nonsense from the sports apparel and sports creative industry. My name is Mason and with me is the Blues supporter with the Blues, Nick Bassett. Who else? Spelling their own name wrong. And a man with all the arguments but no answers, Kane Corn. I mean, Kit Lushev. He's not here. He's not am, here. I meant, am I meant to respond to that? Okay. It's already uh, uptight. It's a warning, everybody. Right. Let's keep it nice and calm which... this week, boys. Kit Lushev is, is in this week. <laughs> How many bullshit edits are you going to do this week, Mason? <laughs> I know I promised everything last episode, but I'm not going to do it. You two make a lot of promises, eh? Look, I looked as I was editing that, I looked back and I was like, you know what? Spend enough time putting this podcast together <laughs> and my full-time job and trying to fit in family time. I'm not getting paid for this. We, we don't make money from this. I'm not going to make money from putting in another hour and a half to put a decent son's concept together that's probably going to get roasted online on all of the forums anyway. So why I just it? thought you might have wanted to do some designing. Oh, how kind <laughs> of you. You'll, I'll have you know I've been doing plenty of designing in the last few weeks. My role is very diverse. When are we starting Patreon? Yeah, I actually think that that's a topic that we should have off air, but it is something that has, has been on my mind um, and I did want to float a few ideas with you. So, yeah, we can talk about that in our next business meeting, right? Anyway, we've got a lot of news to get through. We've got a lot of topics to touch on today, so let's keep this going. The Field of Design podcast is currently an audio-only format, heavily discussing visual content. So with every episode, we include links in the podcast app's episode descriptions with highlights, all the articles and images we discuss in today's show. You can also jump onto our Instagram at Field of Design Podcast for references to some of our featured content. If you would like to get in touch with the show, you can via our Instagram at Field of Design Podcast or via our email address at Podcast at gmail.com. I will make extra effort to Kit to make sure that I say unveil correctly because I heard your little snipe in there as I was chatting last week. You, you and um, you and D-Roy doing some sort of drinking game for every time I say unveil instead of unveil. Glad that you're learning and improving, mate. It's uh, it's well noted. Oh, thank you. What it's can you try and pronounce? Any criticism on the chin. I've had a couple of people. Um, uh, show disappointment in the way you pronounce news. Oh, really? Yeah, you sort of sort of say news, which oh, I mean, it's go. not that incorrect. But if you could just work on that one too, thanks, mate. A bit of homework for you. Maybe not the ninety-minute Gold Coast Suns concept, but he didn't do last week's homework, so yeah. Mm. This is from. MOPT.com.au, Melbourne and Olympic Parks is putting Victorian businesses first first with its new uniform design, collaborating with RMIT University and Melbourne-based uniform supplier Cargo Crew to produce a range which is ethically sourced and invests in local manufacturing. We've included a YouTube video there which um, goes into further detail around what Melbourne and Olympic Parks is doing um, with their local suppliers, which if you're into that stuff, highly recommend you check it out. Via seagulls.com.au, the Round 18 home game on Saturday, the 16th of July, 
will be an annual URM community round where the Sea Eagles will wear special URM community-inspired jerseys featuring the URM logo prominently across the main front. So a new jersey dropping for Manly Sea Eagles. From softball.org.au, the Travelodge Aussie Spirit can now boast an Indigenous playing top as part of their official playing uniform. The development comes after Softball Australia worked with Indigenous artist Kylie Hill to refashion the warm-up top created for NAIDOC Week in 2020 into a game-ready uniform. Kylie is a proud Aboriginal woman from the Kalkadoon and Wanyi people from far north Queensland, Mount Isa. I believe this one's also uh, not mentioned in the article itself, but manufactured by your mob there, Nick. Yeah, that's right. We did this one. Um, I think it was probably done back when you were with us. So it's been a while in the making. And from AtleticoMadrid.com, the home kit is inspired by red and white icon, the man. How do you pronounce that, fellas? Now that I'm getting a lot of critique on pronunciation inspired by the meanders of the river where the is that what it legendary is? Vicente Calderon stadium was located so that's their old stadium um they just moved to the Wanda Metropolitano a few years ago so throwing back to to their their history there that's the drop of their home and away kit yeah this is via Reuters.com, Australia is weighing up a bid to host the 2023 Asian Cup following China's decision to relinquish its rights to the tournament, Football Australia said on Tuesday. China was to host the tournament in June and July next year, but the country's resolve to maintain a zero COVID policy has resulted in the 24-team event being moved. From lions.com.au, it's the era that defined the club and now Brisbane Lions fans will have another chance to relive the glory days of the hat trick of premierships when the second instalment of the three-peat Guernsey launches this week. Kit? So I was, origi- I was originally approached to work on these and they were to be designed all at once uh, with the idea that they'd all tell the story together and if you laid them down flat there'd be some sort of tale that you know you'd unlock uh by doing that somehow um i started dynasty was a little busy so i wasn't able to be involved but um yeah a little bit underwhelming like i can't see anyone going out and forking money for maybe all three i don't know i could be wrong um i had some cool ideas where maybe a big embossing design uh you could have across the three guernseys and then when you sat them together they told some sort of tale and something like that um all they've really done here is just looks like they've put the mcg on the back uh you know back in some sort of overlay um whacked a a logo on it and maybe some player names so yeah a dodgy crop trophy yes correct It'll be underwhelming. Felt like we talked about it at the time when the first, the first of the the three, were released, and yeah, similar to you, I was quite underwhelmed in what it was, um, and yeah, nearly think that maybe a bit <laughs> missed missed the boat as as far as thinking how to execute it, 
Um, I would have maybe liked to see some sort of timeline or team list or something on the back or, you know, all of the, the wins and losses throughout the year, something like that. I just feel there's, yeah, it felt like a rush job to be completely honest with you. So at, at Lions headquarters, they've got some of the most impressive artwork and memorabilia and, uh, you know, trophies and, and stuff like that, that I've, I've seen at a pro club in their boardroom. They've got a massive, um, piece of artwork that must be like oh, maybe three meters by two meters or something maybe even slightly bigger and it um celebrates the history and stuff like that um something like that was what i had in mind where um basically at the start you design a big collage and then um you know you need all three guernseys sitting b- beside each other to tell the tale so yeah a little flat this one this is from theguardian.com. Japanese tennis player Naomi Osaka is launching a new media company in partnership with four-time NBA champion LeBron James, aimed at telling stories that cross culture barriers, the former world number one announced. Uh, Hana Kuma, which translates to Flower Bear, will produce stories that are culturally specific but universal to all audiences and already has multiple projects lined up, according to The Hollywood Reporter. This is from junkie.com. Australia's first national Finska team is about to head off to compete in the World Championships, aka the equivalent of the Finska Olympics. Finska is a Finnish throwing game that has taken off in Australia over the past few years and ignited calls for a national team. Uh, Without looking at the show notes, does anyone have any ideas as to what they might have called the team name? Well, I've read it already, but... Something All cliche and, and annoying. The Finska ruse. The bar to make the bar to make the field of design uh, news segment is getting lower and lower each week, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> what is with the criticism? This is supposed to be a safe, positive space for us to come and enjoy talking about the things that we love. And what was it last week? There was a, or the week before there was something. Bocce or so last year, or last like week that. it was bocce, and this year, this year, this week it's Finska. Finska. The Finska well, is gearing up to represent Australia <laughs> on the world stage in a historic first at the World Championships in France. Yeah, look, the, the news itself was yeah a bit of bullshit. All right, but I, I did want to just touch on the the uh, trend of naming Australian teams by just whacking the sport with ruse at the end. Yes, yeah, I mean the Kiwi teams are much do better. The same thing. Yeah, no. <laughs> tall blacks, all blacks, all whites, and then there's all the iterations of ferns, and yeah, it's all pretty cringy. And the best of them all, Mason. What you know? Blackhawks, the, the badminton team. <laughs> URL.com.au. Forex uh, is giving its prominent branding on the sleeve of the Maroons jersey to regional Queensland communities at Game Two and Three of the 2022 Origin Series. The brand will be swapping out its iconic 4X logo with individual Queensland postcodes, so every time the Maroons run out, players will be proudly wearing 18 communities postcodes on their sleeves. Pretty cool. What would, Don't mind what would be your postcode, Mason? Uh, I'm not disclosing that on a public <laughs> forum. <laughs> You're not prepared to tell the suburb which you represent to a podcast listened to by 40 people a week? You tell me what's the postcode for Byron Bay. Moving on, Nick. Do they have um, the same naming conventions in New South Wales? 
what do you mean postcodes yeah it starts it with the two four numbers it, yeah it's it's starts with two Oh, Each state Vic- has the same starting Vic- number and then the other numbers. Victoria is three. WA is six. You would know, wouldn't you? For those who listened mate. to our, <laughs> our interview episode with you a few weeks ago. And mate, nice there is a few there. people. Um, uh, yeah, if it was, you know, basically downloads are flying off the shelf. It's a very popular episode. You all right? What do you got for us, Nick? Where's, where's the horse? Um, Yeah, so probably 10 episodes ago now we talked about uh, the NFL allowing changes and helmets coming back for the first time in about 10 years. So the Patriots have announced they'll be bringing back their red throwback alternate uniforms with Pat the Patriot on the helmets. So um, Mm. Patriots fans will love that with with the return of Pat on the the, uh, uniforms. Glad the Patriots will like it because I don't. How do you not like Pat the Patriot? Look at that uh, magnificent specimen. Just I refer agree. to last week's episode round any of the logos that we decided that we wanted to switch out or change. No, no, I'll go further than that. Let's refer back to the Timeless Logos episode where we, uh, you know, I think it was the Celtics we said that. Yeah, these it would days never get designed today. Yeah. This was a 60s, 70s, 80s logo. Listen. This this creep looks like he could be on a cereal box in the 1960s. Probably was. I don't like him. Or a wanted picture on some local police stations. Lads, I'm not liking the disrespect to Pat here. Leave him alone. Well, who's your... Uh, do you go for the Patriots? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that's the end no. of our news, and yep, before we move on, yes, there mate. is something I need to get off my chest. Okay. <clears throat> so, it's sort of unsaid that I'm the arrogant one who's got tickets on myself in this podcast and all that. I've copped a bit of heat this week, internally and externally. I just want to make note that I'm looking at you two both on him, and you've, you're both in rooms littered with framed jerseys of your... Of, of, uh, Frame jerseys that feature your guys' surnames on them. Can we talk about that? Like, Nick's has been there since day one. I'm sorry what sort you of self- represented your country, mate. What sort of self-promotion is this? Not promoting not anything, up. mate. Not promoting anything at all. Where's your national team jersey, big man? <laughs> mate, is laser tag a sport, firstly? And secondly... I've been paid to play sports, so I think that makes me a <laughs> semi-professional athlete. Yeah, fair. And this is also American football, not laser tag, so calm down. You played for the New Zealand American football team? Damn right I did. <laughs> what, is it open age or under, uh, underage or what? Uh, open age. We played against American Samoa, and they have American in their name, so they must be good, right? <sighs> Look, it's making sense, yeah. Yeah. Statistically, actually, statistically, the most accurate kicker in New Zealand American football history. 100%. Can never be beaten. Well, maybe our friend Dane Roy can come on and he can challenge you. Uh, <laughs> you can talk all well, actually, things kicking. What what college did he go to? Uh, Houston, I think. Yeah, cool. 
maybe no, i trailed trialed for washington state byu and arkansas but um when you break an ankle that kind of ends your kicking career mm, excuses oh, mason anything you uh you'd like no, to I'm, say no i'm not up for measuring dicks i'm just here to run a podcast so <laughs> let's keep going <laughs> <clears throat> Nick, why don't you uh, drop your jersey review first up? Let's mix things up a little bit. Yeah, all right. Let's go. Where's the stinger? Nick's jersey reveal. So this was released uh, last week. Um, Irish team, Bohemian Football Club. They're fan-owned, so the fans can sort of 100% fan-owned. So they have general meetings that all clubs can vote all, all People can vote for any decision the club makes, basically. And here's their third kit for this season. Oi! So Hello! It's, li- it's literally a bus seat shirt. They've copied the, <laughs> the Dublin bus. Um, the, the, the Dublin bus sort of company is, is a partner of the club, so they've exactly copied the seat print. And people talked about the Man United jersey from a few years back being a bus seat and, and a few others. So here's one that literally is from, from O'Neill's. How well executed is this? I love it. This is great. This is really good. What, what so the, perfect, so it's, the eh? cushion, it's the cushion of the, the seat, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what's come first here, the cushion or the jersey? The cushion came first. Okay. So it's not like a collab. Where they've gone both at the same time, so the the general public have been sitting on these seats for the last couple of years, and yep. and now it's on their jersey. This is this is excellent. So <laughs> it's nearly like like it's it's really difficult to explain here, right? But it's it's nearly like you you travel on any public transport. I imagine wherever you are, um, your your trams, your your trains, your buses, they've got just a I wouldn't say a generic, but an a unique style to itself or a multi-pattern. Yeah, um, lots of dots and gradients and... Bright colours. Weird yeah. things going on. Uh, it's it's nearly like he's camouflaged into the seat there a little bit, isn't it? How good. Kit's not having it. What do you think, Kit? I think it's good. I've seen these things thrown up before. Um, quite often, uh, I think most cities would have their own unique iconic sort of public transport seat and quite often they stick around for years and years maybe even decades so yeah it's pretty groovy and I just it bring... does it does give it an air of tackiness but oh, a little, little bit. saying that it's cool um and i bring these guys up because of them being fan owned and and that's quite an, an interesting third kit um they're awake at the season I'll, I'll show you that one as well um bob marley tribute tribute um and on the right hip there it's a, a ticket from his last ever outdoor show which was held at held at daily mount park which is the home stadium of bohemian or bohemians so it means a little bit more to them than just looking at bob marley and going yeah that's cool yeah true the the uh, uh, banding on the arm, I don't mind. It's, I don't know, just sits well, I think. Yeah, obviously just, the ruster colours. 
Yeah, this kind of sits into the uh, topic that we spoke about a little while ago. Was it a Maradona jersey, yeah. I think? Yeah. No, not, not the one that sold, the Hand of God one, but one, that, a tribute jersey that just had a silhouette or a... Um, uh, what's the kind of thing? Yeah, face yeah, it. yeah. Um, mm. all right. Yeah, so that's Not Bohemian me. this season. Their their home jersey is actually fantastic as well this year. So good on them for being a little bit different and fans obviously voting for some interesting stuff there. Yeah. Cool. Okay, gentlemen, have you heard of? AFLX. No. I, of course, have heard of AFLX. Short-lived, completely forgettable little publicity stunt that it was. AFLX is a shortened version of Australian Rules Football played in 2018 and 2019 as a pre-season event to the Australian Football League. They get two two years out of it. There you go. Yes. Uh, the, old, the altered version of the game was founded in 2017. This is via their Wikipedia in an attempt to appeal to a wider audience outside of the uh, Australian continent. The format of AFLX events have varied. Um, and I'd just like to run you through a little bit of that today. So uh, on 6th of February 2018, AFLX was launched by... CEO, Gillen at Dockland Stadium. And I'm just going to show you the launch photo for AFLX. Where do I begin? There's a giant football mascot. There's a, there's a broad in rainbow sort of unicorn coloured attire. Behind her, I have God knows what's happening. Got two men who look like some sort of trapeze artists at a circus. Gillan McLaughlin, the great man, and um, most surprisingly and perhaps perplexing out of all that, all of that is the two blockbuster teams I've got represented a St Kilda and <laughs> North Melbourne, who uh, would be the two poorest teams in the AFL. Uh, yes, very you, weird. You failed to mention the uh, what did you call them? Trapeze artists. Yeah, or strongman artists. One man literally standing on another man's head. And when you say that, we're not talking on shoulders or assistant. There's literally two feet somehow balanced, perched on someone's head like a chook sits on an egg. It's quite interesting. So the 2018 competition attracted more than 40,000 fans to the tournaments in Adelaide, Melbourne and Sydney. In Melbourne, TV ratings were reported as a modest by AFL standards with the three events drawing an average five-city metro audience of 120 thousand on channel seven's secondary channels um season one or 2019 season uh, sorry 2018 season of aflx was all 18 teams competing across three pools with uh, adjusted rules to, as we said to the a- afl play on a rectangular field there's uh changes to positioning in there's essentially what would you say Four, two, two midfielders, two forwards, and two defenders in a team. Two 10-minute halves. A super goal is rewarded for kicking a goal from a forward uh, zone. Um, balls are returned after super goals. 
a lot of adjusted changes there to speed up the game. What I really want to get into now is season 2019, when things really heated up and they went away from the all-team format and uh, bumped in four new AFL teams exclusive for AFLX. So the four teams taking part in the 2019 AFLX tournament included Team Deadly, to be captained by Eddie Betts, Team Patrick Dangerfield, Team Flyers by Nat Fife, and Team Rampage by Jack Rewalt. All four captains uh, picked their teams in an inaugural AFLX draft with replacements named for injured and unavailable players. All of this was, uh, I don't think it was filmed live, but it was filmed um, and released, I think, the following day after the, the draft had been made. I was just going to say, is was it like Big Bash where they weren't contracted to any team? But yeah, if it's a draft, then... Very much Big Bash inspired. Yeah. At the end of the day, it was just a whole lot of mates going out there and having a good time. Like, it, it was completely loose. Um, and yeah. Was it a bit like the um, NFL All-Star game the, the, where they just didn't play? It was worse much? than that. Yeah. Yeah. be like if the NFL All-Stars were playing a completely different game. So they marketed the captains in this superhero-style Power Rangers-like aura about them, um, which tied straight back into the uniforms that they were given as well, all the team logos and team mascots. So Patrick Dangerfield is supposed to be this Flash-type superhero running um, character, and uh, Jack Rewald is this strong man bull type thing and Nat Fife is some flying superhero and um, Eddie Betts is Doctor Strange magician with his magic skills there. Um, what, what are your thoughts, guys, on, on the logos and the, um, the colours that they've gone with and the play up, the hype that they've, they've tried to build around the AFLX here? I know what you'd expect from this kind of thing, right? Then the nines were similar with, you know, all those crazy jerseys. And it actually reminds me a lot of the XFL that was tried in the early 2000s with um, Vince McMahon's trying to take on the NFL and how they had, you know, nicknames on the back of jerseys and different rules for for the game. Um, these logos, so they, these guys had nicknames yeah. as well. So you're much right. Yeah, right. I think this is this is this is more XFL than nines. This is nines on steroids. Yeah. This is the AFL yeah. looking at the the big bash and going, let's do that. Um, yeah, let's create a Mickey Mouse product. Try and dial it right up. Go over the top and let's get kids and families excited. Um, and everyone I spoke to knew that it just wasn't going to catch on. wasn't going to work. Um, I can't fault them. Their marketing, I think, I think they're pretty cool. Everything aside, I'm sure I probably shat on it when it first came out. But like you look now, they're pretty groovy looking things for what they are. Um, team names yeah, are okay. Jerseys are okay. Modern and stuff. So yeah, the um, all the marketing, everything around it was pretty cool. It's just unfortunately the the, pro- the product was shit house. 
no one was invested that, or yeah, gave a shit. I, I think they threw a whole lot of money behind it. Um, and yeah, absolutely right. Like everything that you're looking at visually, you can see that, you know, they're targeting young kids, or, you know, off- offshore. Um to try and expand the game. And I, th- I think they did everything right, as you said, but the actual game itself was just... So the the biggest driving factor behind it was creating a version of AFL that didn't require the unique size of ground that an AFL does when you're talking internationally. Um, obviously, yeah. it works for countries that play cricket, but in t- it was played on a rectang- rectangle field, which I'm sure you already mentioned. As big of an AFL nuffy as you're likely to find, right? And there's two things that I remember about this whole thing. And it's the, I think, the, is it the Rampage? Yep. Is that one of the yep. teams? The green team? So they won. Yep. I'm pretty sure. And they all did did the old devil horns whenever they won. That was their sign. Um, can't remember anything about the games or anything like that. But I, I think you guys remember I said in a previous episode... Uh, there was a there was a game, and it's this one. It was Rampage playing that they were, they'd run up the wing in the game, and the green on their jersey would fade into the 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 green screen on the on the on the ground. So so because because the fields were brought in, they were still played on AFL grounds, but they were they were brought in because of rectangle. They uh, CGI'd um, all the billboards on the sides of the grounds. So they, they'd have all that running. And so whenever anyone ran up the wing, yeah, the, the, the green faded into that and all of a sudden you'd have a Bunnings ad going through someone's jer- uh, Guernsey. It was quite quite amusing. Just this jersey you've put in Discord as well, it looks very sort of social sport, doesn't it? Yeah, they're all very what you'd – like almost motocross-ish and how detailed they are. Well, they've got – they're yeah. running with that template that we've spoken about a lot, you know, same, same competition or same teams just with different um, – different colors and logos on the front. So we've got this kind of carbon style yep. base across all of them. And then we've got the bolts with a blue flash lightning bolt dead front center. Uh, Team Deadly with, uh, I, th- I believe, is a, a, a boomerang sitting along the top like a chevron or a V, depending on who you're asking. Um, stylized. Uh, wings, which um, I can't help but feel like Nat Fife really had a say in which team he was in with the the Fs in there for flyers and um, green bullhorns for the Rampage, all sitting front dead center, very Power Ranger like, with a bright big X on the on the front right hand chest as well. I actually really like that X too. <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah, the X is the best part about it. But yeah, interestingly, I don't think that there's a, a manufacturer logo on there. Uh, you raise a good point. Front or back, there Just is no strange. manufacturer on there. So I'd imagine we might even touch on this because there's a bit to go into about how the Big Bash came to be. But I remember there being some strict guidelines Um because originally the tw- domestic 2020 was aligned with the state teams. So the Western Warriors would have a team. Um, Queensland Bulls, is it? They all had their own. Yeah. It was just a, another offset mm. of their seasons. And then um, Cricket Australia obviously stepped in and said, we need to reinvigorate it 
and there was a heap of guidelines that went towards how they got their team names. Like it couldn't be, I think there was a rule there couldn't be any animal mascots okay. or nicknames. Had to be super bright and colors. It couldn't be um, the colors of your. Couldn't couldn't be state yeah. aligned at all. Yeah, um, and then obviously the big thing was that they split the Melbourne, Mel, uh, sorry, the Victorian and, and New South Wales teams. So they went from having two, you know, one team to to two teams. So I think that'd be a fun one to um, to dig into. Uh, I just bring it up because this is so you know heavily influenced on that mm. um like you look at that first one so the second one's a, a scorchers mm. guernsey almost third one's like a sydney sixes yeah, green <laughs> ones the stars is it yeah melbourne stars yeah stars or even the so, Thunder. so definitely heavily influenced by the the push in the last 10 years to a shorter faster uh more tv friendly consumer uh, consumed, consumed game, um, but in what is such a traditional sport, ironically for a sport that does change its rules every year or two, man, did this flop incredibly quickly. Yeah. C- can I tell you how it no might have had a chance? Oh, no, no. So what a lot of these marketing wizards discount so quickly is that you need to give um, – people a reason to get involved and, and become a fan base and and patriotically support you know an organization you can't just make up mickey mouse teams and expect a kid to close their eyes and go daddy i want to go for mm. this team right um imagine if they'd done aflx as a state of origin and actually given you know i, I know that people want the real fair dinkum state of origin but I reckon that would have gone a, a reasonable way to give it some um, longevity and, and get people actually somewhat invested. Yeah, people people can't get invested and it's a schoolyard pick and you're changing players every year and, you know, it's you're completely supporting a completely different team the very next year. And yeah, exactly. Who, who are you going to play? Who's, who's playing for you? And, and that that's why I find it hard to um, – a lot of people I know follow the Indian Premier League. Mm-hmm the IPL, and I've got no yeah. interest in that whatsoever. Like, there's, like I wouldn't even know how to go about picking a team Yeah, for, for that very reason is that there's no, you know, any sort of sentimental, you know, respect or appreciation for them, and it seems like the list turnover is so so high anyway. Yeah, originally in that, I just followed Brendan McCullum. I was like, wherever you go, I'll just watch you. But other than that, there's no reason to pick a team there. Unless you're local to the city in India, I guess it, it is similar. And you know, we're people that follow American sports and European sports. The, you know, the the process behind how people choose those. But you know, I think back to how I become a Chelsea fan. At least there's that history and that squad that you you get invested in, even if you're not geographically aligned. You know, w- with the club. Yeah, you resonate with with players and. And a culture and the stuff. The culture, and yeah, perfect. If that changes every every five minutes, then you're not going to be able to. Yeah. So, uh, as as I think we mentioned, the 2019 season, their second season, was also their last uh, with the Rampage coming out on, on top. Now, say what you will, 
Uh, I did a little bit of scouring of the internet just to put a bit of this together, and there is a what I would like to call an ironic but big fan um, following of the Rampage still there calling for the AFLX to come back. <laughs> so uh, perhaps down the line we might see see a um, a revision of this at some point, but maybe don't get your hopes up. Uh, one of the other highlights that did come from the AFLX, which was a little bit cringeworthy at the same time, was the players' walk-in or introductions to AFLX. And I've included a YouTube uh, link in there as well of the players rocking up for Game 1 of AFLX. Was it similar to Shaq's NBA All-Star dance entrance? It's all very much NBA-inspired, Yeah. this. Would it be sacrilege to put it on rugby fields and well, that was the Suncorp or being a that was the thought yeah process, being a yeah. yeah. So I find it interesting that they still held it on AFL grounds. Uh, not all of them. It was, I think. Um, oh, actually, season two, yes, um, might have been across all uh, the twenty nineteen season, but definitely in the first season they. Um, there was three across three different states. That, Does that Fife uh, have a Make, a Make America Great Again hat on in that walkout? <laughs> uh, no. I'll include it in the, uh, I'll include all of the links into the uh, episode's description this week. But oh, yeah, what is yeah, that? Check out the, check out the video and, and see. What, one, one thing I do like, and you guys might have missed this, it's at the bottom of the article that you shared, but uh, it looks like they were selling the, the team jumpers as they call them, for cheaper than what you'd buy an AFL one. So an adult jumper was ninety four ninety nine, youth jumpers were seventy four ninety nine. So um, they did something right. I wonder if that's to do with not having to give a kickback to the supplier. Good point. Maybe uh, they'd probably gone up in value now. There's only one season of them, so they'd probably be going for some decent coin for all the, the jersey collectors out there. All right, let's do it. Let's... Gun to your head, which which jersey or well, which footy jumper are you buying? Which footy jumper are you supporting? Oh, that's a great question. Oh God, blue. I knew you'd go for that. Just because blue is what I consider the nicest colour there. So I'm. <laughs> yeah, you go. I will, I was <laughs> gonna say I I feel like if you wanted to, the purpose of them is to be bright and stand out, right? I. I I really like the green one. I nearly think I'd probably go the what's that the rampage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can Oi, see how the the blue one is probably the most subtle of them all, <laughs> um, which probably would suit me a little bit more. But yeah, I'll go green. I'll go rampage. Wow, I would have penned you for that uh, the deadly one. Indigenous. Mm. So what I. What about you? I don't like the bolts, the blue one. I don't like the flyers because. Nat Five. Um, as I've said before on this podcast, I'm a sucker for that, uh, you know, that uh, electric green, neon green and black combination with some charcoal through there. It'd either be that or the deadly one. I think that deadly one's cool. I don't think the indigenous aspect's particularly well executed, but just those colours, yeah. it reminds me of scorches. So it's, it's almost an after, afterthought, eh? Yeah. So that was, I'm not sure if you mentioned it, Mason, but that was an all-Indigenous team, Nick. Oh, cool. No, I didn't mention it. The Deadly team. Yeah. 
which is interesting it, when I was reading up about that, it made made me wonder what, if the draft was actually rigged and they just mm. put the, all of the teams together. <laughs> um, what's the point of a draft if I, one team can only pick a certain, um, the only, you know, people that identify a certain way? The thing I'd change with this green one you guys are picking is I'd get rid of the the like particle effects behind it and and the shadow on the on the logo as well and sort of have the logo as part of the explosion light effect in there. Mm. So you could it would be revealing it. Probably the same on all of them really. You reveal well, that, it somehow in a bit of a smarter way than having a graphic behind it and then having a drop shadow and then just putting your logo on top. They do feel like they are cheaply put together, don't they? Like yeah. after all the money that's been thrown into it, it's like put this superhero logo on the front. All right, now let's just put an element behind it that ties in with what, yeah. you know, what the team name is. So for the bolts, yeah, we've got a flash thunderbolt on the front. Let's put some lightning behind it. And for the flyers, let's put this flyers logo on the front and put a representation of wind behind it. And, you know, same with um, Rampage and Deadly as well. It's like, mm. yeah, could we not have gone a little bit you could, more into that it? That Rampage one has a lot of potential if you just think about it for fun. For sure. So uh, another couple of things. Um, I'm pretty sure every team had bright colored shorts. That's right. Yeah. So you see. There, there'll be a whole lot of links that we'll include in the, the show notes there. But yeah, all, all, all of the, all the bright colors of their teams as their shorts so the bolts wore bright blue shorts how did it look on did you guys watch on tv at all like how did it look with all the teams being a black base did the shorts help or oh, oh the yeah. shorts yeah 100 yeah. percent. yeah there's uh, <laughs> a couple more things which i'll note uh the footy was bright pink i think yep. yep i think the first year it was a silver footy i remember hearing players complain that they felt it was more slippery um, so yeah, it was right. a very bright pink footy. Uh, secondly, at the start of the game, I think instead of tossing the coin, they did rock, paper, scissors. And it was almost yep. like a schoolyard little tussle. We, you had the captains <laughs> standing next to each other and the whole team behind them like throwing banter at each other. Like it was, I don't know whether, whether it was funny or cringy or somewhere in between. Um, and then the next thing is that I'm pretty sure the goalposts lit up after goals, which is something that I think we're seeing in the NRL now. Yeah. Maybe even Super yeah, Rugby, I think I saw yeah, it. It's yeah, it's doing it as well. I do like the, the X logo. It is cool. Off. Oh, they think they're WWE. I think there was some controversy. They might have pinched that X logo from somewhere. Yeah, I know. One disappointment is that the uh, – what's the blue team? The Bolts, was it? Bolts, yeah. So their shorts weren't as brightly coloured as the brightest tones on their, their Guernsey. It was very much a, a deep royal. Yeah, I'm watching some highlights now, and they're actually – it's all like that. There's nearly like it's a two-toned um, – it's nearly yes. like there's a, there's a two-toned colour in all of them, and they've gone with the more, would you say – safer. Uh, the safer colour for the shorts. Mind you, the Rampage for, is very bright. Yeah, I was just about to say, except for the Rampage, <laughs> perhaps. Um, yeah, yeah, it didn't have much more. This answers my question about how easy on TV it is to pick out the teams. Very easy. Yeah. I was just going to say, it was quite 
quite weird even the AFLX existing because I think the AFL already has a social version of the game which they call AFL Nines, which um kind of like netball mixed with AFL. And I think that did a pretty good job of uh, of what they were after. And then they've gone the whole hog and, and brought in another hybrid, which was AFLX. So interested, I'm interested to know if there's any AFLX social leagues that still exist or if that game's just come and gone and we've forgotten about it. Do we have five mates to start a team? <laughs> I'm just looking now. Yeah. looks like there still is one. Should we should we start an AFLX team, boys? Oh, well, why not? The shape of the field I'll be used to. AFLX Queensland, AFLX Summer Series Queensland. Wow. Uh, so that pretty much sums up the uh, ill-fated AFL experiment that is AFLX, and that also wraps up the show. So uh, we'd like to hear from you. What are your thoughts? On today's episode, what are your thoughts or memories, priceless memories of the AFLX? And what are your thoughts on the Bohemians jersey that's been released? Mason, just quickly, did you read out the AFL confirmed AFLX would not return in 2020 to allow a greater focus on AFLW? So no, I didn't. The AFLW effectively killed AFLX, heartbroken rampage fans there, so... Uh, write, write to your local MPs. Um, maybe we can create an uproar, get AFLX brought back. Yeah, we'll get it back. I want to see that logo again. If you like what you're hearing or have any suggestions, please reach out and email us. You can send us an email at fieldofdesignpodcast.gmail.com or shoot us uh, a message via Instagram at fieldofdesignpodcast. Like many of our listeners this week, such as... Yeah, Liam Pack sent in a message, which, as we know, isn't uncommon for him. He always likes to get his name heard. Um, wasn't a particularly nice message, but what Liam said was, can we ask Kit why he didn't do a rebrand of his shit AFL team and send them to Tasmania? P.S. Thoroughly enjoying this podcast and I'm not a Jersey guy. Love the chat. Love the one-on-one chat with Mason. Uh, thanks for that, Liam. The messenger, sorry, on Instagram as well, basically saying, yeah, the the G almost looks placeholdery on the Giants jersey, um, and yeah, our uh, our little Giants post there was put onto their fan page on uh, um, Big Footy, so there was a few responses there. Giants or Suns, sorry, mate. Uh, Suns saying when? Ah, um, uh, oh, yeah, sorry, the, it's placeholdery like the the G of the Giants, gotcha. the, the Gold Coast logo, sorry. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you've liked what you have heard, please remember to subscribe. Feel free to share, feel free to share our podcast with any of your friends or enemies who may be interested. Continuing to grow the show will enable us to produce more content across more platforms and have greater access to some of our industry's best professionals to guest on our show. You can be part of that growth by infiltrating the Almighty algorithm and leaving us a review and some stars on your preferred podcast app. It's left. No stars this week. He's gone. Shout out to my co-hosts and Jersey boys, Nick and Kit. Just me. He's gone. He's literally gone. (laughs) And uh, who knows what we're up to next week. We'll just have to wait and see.